Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to Cats. If it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can listen to it every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Skyline Chili. As you can tell, Kyle is on the phone um, for this one, and the reason for that is because John Calipari ruined everybody Saturday by having the press conference on Saturday when it was supposed to be on Monday. Sunday. Sunday. What? Sunday. Yeah, that's what Not I said. Saturday. It was supposed to be on Monday. You said Saturday. Curtis. You, you said Saturday. We're going to talk about what happened in the football game on Saturday, even though I never said Saturday. Then we're going to discuss um, what it means going forward, and finally we're going to wrap with some basketball, and we're going to do a little UK Duke player draft. But first, we need to start off with the football game. It was pretty clear to me that Georgia was just better. Kentucky obviously shot themselves in the foot to a certain extent, allowed some things to happen that potentially could make the game a little bit closer, the long punt return, the penalties, the ejections. There are a lot of little things that could have made that game tighter in the end. Um, but overall, I just thought Georgia was the better team, and they, they proved it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I did kind of an examination of the, uh, the, the way that whole thing broke down. And if you go... Uh, play-by-play, play, uh, every big play made in that game was by a, a, top, a guy who was a top-ten recruit his position nationally coming out of high school. Most of them were five-stars. You know, the 65-yard punt return was a five-star wide receiver. The the touchdown that followed it was five-star quarterback thrown to a five-star tight end who just straight-up beat the best cornerback on Kentucky's team. What are you going to do with it? Big five-star tight end, star tight end. You're on him. He makes the play. The... 20 and 83 yard touchdown runs by DeAndre Swift. The first one, he juked everybody out of their shoes, made a miss, two cutbacks to make a miss. The, the long run, he just ran away from the entire defense. That's a five star running back. Uh, the other rushing touchdowns, Elijah Holyfield. He was a four star running back, but he was ranked number six in the country in his position. Um, you know, four of, their five, four of their top five leading tacklers in the game, four of their five starting offensive linemen were all four and five star. Uh, recruits. It's just, you know, they got the number one quarterback in the class of 2018 and Justin Fields, and they didn't even let him pass. They just bring him in specifically to run. And every other time he ran it, he picked up a first down. I mean, that's the level of talent they have, that they have basically a, a, a running specialist. They've made a running specialist in short yardage situations out of the number one quarterback recruit in the class of 2018. So, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of people got really hopeful and kind of let themselves dream, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think it says it's it's a great thing for the program that they got to the point that they actually had a fan base thinking, like, maybe we could beat Georgia. Maybe we could win the East. But this was the game before the season ever started that everybody would point to and say, that's the one you just can't win. And it was the one they just can't, couldn't win. They only had one other loss, and they could have easily won that one. This was the one game they were never going to win, probably. Uh, the talent gap is still huge. It's basically Georgia, uh, Alabama, and everybody else. LSU closed the gap some, but they they got housed by Alabama last night. What was it, twenty nine to nothing? Correct. Um, 
You know, it's yeah, Georgia yeah, and Alabama and everybody else. That's something and, I, I uh, saw. I saw someone make the comment about you know six years into Stoops, and I'm they were they prefaced everything by saying they were a happy fan, but they said that they thought they were the past past embarrassing losses like the Georgia game. When I mean, while uh, you know it was never in doubt in the second half, specifically after a couple of series in the third quarter, I don't think that was embarrassing. If you want to go embarrassing, you go go look at the Clemson Louisville game. And then you look at just across the country, as you just mentioned there, LSU getting beat by almost 30 at home, not scoring a point. Right. Penn State kind of getting crushed. Uh, there's there's nobody in the country outside of Alabama that isn't going to have a game where there's a dud. Ohio State got... Ohio State got smacked yeah, by Yeah, Purdue. so I mean, I mean yeah. that, that's kind of a th- silly like barometer when you're trying to judge a, a college football program because it just seems like everybody outside of Nick Saban's team lays a stinker every once in a while, and I mean, it's college football, that's what happens. Well, I mean, should so Georgia's probably past that, right? I mean, they played for the national championship last year, so they're probably past getting blown out by somebody, right? Except three weeks ago, they got blown out by LSU. There you go. Um, you know, it, it it's the SEC, it's big boy football, you're in the party now, and like, you know, you're going to, that's going to happen sometimes. The only team that doesn't get blown out is Alabama, basically, yeah. and you know, LSU, like I said, LSU is the only team outside of Georgia and Alabama right now. LSU is the only team that has even comparable, even sort of comparable talent. There's just a huge gap everywhere else. And I mentioned in that story uh, today, Georgia's recruiting, last three recruiting classes ranked sixth, third, and then last year number one. They out-recruited Alabama and everybody else. And nobody else in the East even signed a top ten class in that time. So, so the good news for Kentucky is, they're trying to climb the ladder, and you can't you can't just like start on the ground and jump onto the top rung of the ladder, and you can't even get to the middle of the ladder and jump onto the top rung. I mean, you got to climb it, and they've been climbing it, and they've closed the talent gap. The the good news for them is there is no other team in the East, and there are few other teams in the whole league that have that kind of talent gap on them that Georgia does. I mean, they've gotten to the point where the last game they played against every other team in the East and Mississippi State from the West, they've won. Mm-hmm. And in several of those teams, they've won three or four or five in a row. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they've gotten right up there to the point where they might find themselves playing Georgia for an East championship a couple more times, but they might also get housed a couple more times. This is progress. And now they're in unbelievably good position, even after Saturday, to go win 10 games, which they haven't done uh, in 40 years. So there's a lot on the table. I know people are disappointed, but I do think that after you know a day to cool off, I think there's a, 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 the overwhelming majority of the fan base and probably the coaching staff has, has circled back to the idea that a lot of progress has been made. It's pretty cool that they were in, at a spot in November when their stadium was packed with people thinking maybe we can win the East and, and having one game to do it, you know, win one game and you win the East. They didn't do it, but there's a lot, lot to be, I think, uh, pleased about, and and a lot more to go get now for them. Yeah, and the, the other thing when you're kind of growing up as a as a program, you get the facilities and you have a day like that. Even though the outcome of the game wasn't wasn't what UK fans wanted, the build up and lead up and everything about it was what everybody wanted. You you didn't have game day, you had SEC Nation, so that was not exactly what you wanted. But I mean, the the tailgating was unbelievable, Kyle. I think that was the first game you attended in person, but. That the atmosphere outside at the tailgate was unbelievable. Quick uh, story: I produced the uh, pregame network for UK with Christy Thomas, Dusty 
Bonner and Jeremy Jarman and Christy Thomas, the host, was almost late because the traffic was so thick. She yep. had to like flash her press pass and say, I am going on the radio in 15 minutes. Please let me through to get there on yep. time because it was just a different level and people were there. Hopefully, um, in Kentucky's eyes, that can continue going forward. Yeah, and I had not, as you said, I had not come to a Kentucky game in person this year. My primary focus is basketball, the football program. It kind of forced me to write some stuff about them, which I was happy to do. I love football. Um, I love writing about football. Uh, but I hadn't been over there this year. I've been a lot in previous years. I've been to almost all their home games in the last uh, six years. And there were so many days, even, you know, even two years ago, there were so many days uh, that I could cruise into the stadium with almost almost without hitting my brakes. You know, I mean, it, it was it was that easy. There were just there wasn't a big tailgate. There wasn't a big uh, traffic presence. You just roll right in a couple hours, an hour before the game, and and walk walk right into your seat. Um, I was struck by that immediately yesterday. That people were out and they were out early. I, I anticipating that I, I made sure to get there about three and a half hours before mm-hmm. kickoff and. Uh, you know, there were people, there were a lot of people um, already pretty deep into their revelry at that point. <laughs> I, I was I was impressed. And then you saw the catwalk. I mean, it was a yes. massive mm-hmm. catwalk of, you know, a, a dozen, maybe dozens deep on either side of that huge row. And it went, you know, the links of one end zone of the stadium and out into the street on the other end. I mean, that was, uh, that is what top SEC programs look like. And they they develop you develop tradition and sort of reputation for pageantry by doing that you know week after week after week and you know if if this season can be the start of something for them not just as a football team but for their fan base then it's it's a big deal. Hey Kyle, did you hear a funny joke from a bunch of national pundits? In what basketball season? Yeah, isn't that a good one? <laughs> yeah. Yep. LOL. And it, it's true. It's at least true. I mean, it is going to be basketball season in a I couple mean, days. Chronologically, uh, yes, it is. And we're about to talk, we're going to talk about it in our last segment here, start talking about it. But it's such a low hanging fruit. And the fact that it isn't, I don't think, particularly true being in this town. What was the main topic everybody was calling in the sports shows about was the football all last week. And I think it's going to continue into next week. I don't think the, the, the Duke game is weird. It's, I think. That this is going to be the least hyped Duke Kentucky game featuring probably two top five picks in the history of basketball. I don't know if there's ever been multiple Duke Kentucky games with those yeah. scenarios, but it's not been very hyped, and that's but well, that's neither here nor there. Uh, real quick, I did want to play you a clip from Cash Daniel. Um, I had an exchange with him and asked him uh, if there was any kind of underlying theme between the missed tackles, and he took it in a little bit of a longer direction. Coach Stoops mentioned the missed tackles. Was there anything that you know caused that? Do you think this evening? Well, I mean, I got one hand. Jordan Jones has one hand. So I mean, you put two guys in there in the middle that are used to getting almost every you know trying to tackle the way we do. You know, it's it's pretty tough. And you know, I'm not sitting here and make excuse because you know I'm, I I elected to play through this and Jordan elected to play through this because we don't want to miss a second of this team and we don't want to miss a second with our brothers. Because that's who that's who we fought for. That's that's our sole purpose. That's the only reason why I'm playing. Is because of those ten other guys behind me. If I was just a normal, if I didn't give a shit about them, I, I I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be out there. So, you know, and it says a lot about Jordan too, to come out and play with a broke hand too. 
Like some people don't understand how hard this stuff is and what you got to go through to put it, to put on for your team. I'm not sitting here saying like, oh, you know, look at Cash and Jordan playing hurt or whatever, but you know, it's hard and it's hard to tackle, especially if you're a linebacker. So I'm, I'm like I said, we got to learn with our cast or whatever the hell we got on our, on our arm. You know, we got to learn how to you know adapt. You know, and and tackle. That's it. The thing that st- stood out to me there the most in that was the fact that the cash kind of, I don't know, it was an education necessarily, um, but he said some people don't understand how hard this stuff is. And you were you were there, Kyle. His passion is evident, and it's I always am so thankful when they bring him out because I know he's, he's the best and worst for a media relations person. He can kind of go yeah. off the handle, but he's so entertaining. And those, that clip that I tweeted out, that, that video clip, you know, it's got a, a lot of reaction, and he just explains it well, and you can just tell the passion he has for the team. Yeah, yeah. I would, if the the media relations people standing there cringing when he uses multiple profanities, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, you know, he's great. He's perfect for us, and uh, you know, and I don't think he ever says anything that's that's you know, off. I mean, some people may not like the language, but I don't think he ever yes. says anything other than just kind of how he's feeling. Yeah. Uh, I, that's what we want from guys, so I'm I'm good with it. Uh, it's funny because like I, I just sort of almost jokingly I tweeted out when I was watching him in the pregame and saw these two giant club hands, one for him and one for uh, uh, Jordan Jones. You know, I needed Pro Football Focus College to get me the the win percentage of teams starting two linebackers with playing one handed, basically. Um, you know, that seemed like it was going to be a disadvantage. You know, uh, the two guys who were asked to clean up the most tackles probably and make the most tackles. That's sort of the point of impact where if, if, if you get by that line of defense, you're going to have a big game playing with rounded, basically giant Q-tips on the end of one of their hands is not ideal. And Mark Stoops talked about it after the game. Uh, you know, the, the flip side is those are their, those are your two veterans. Those are the guys you know you can count on to be in the right place. Now, can they physically do it? The other option is two guys who can physically do it better, you know, freshmen, sophomore, you know, inexperienced guys um, who are going to be really good players but maybe are going to end up in the wrong spot. Those, those two guys came in for Jordan Jones and Cash Daniel uh, on a play that ended up being the 83-yard touchdown run, mm-hmm. uh, and they were out of position. So it's a tough spot. You wonder, is this going to linger? I mean, are other teams going to exploit it? I think the answer way to exploit it. The answer is pretty clear. You just you split the difference, and you just have one inexperienced guy, one club hand guy, and then you when you rotate, you rotate them out. So you have a minimum of three good hands on the field for linebackers at all times. I thought you were going to say amputate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would help anything. <laughs> I mean, shout out to uh, uh, oh shoot, what's the Seattle um, player's name? That only has the one hand that played at UCF. They got drafted and is all all. Yeah, the he's incredible. Uh, uh, Griffin, one of the uh, Griffiths, yeah, yeah, one of the Shaquille Griffith. Yes, incredible, yeah. and he's got an incredible Nike commercial now too. Yeah. It's really, uh, really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, to a to a much lesser extent, there's the famous Ronnie Lott story about mm-hmm. you know did, did he tell him to or did he actually cut his one of his fingers off to go back in the game? I can't remember. I don't know. Something gruesome. Yeah. Football's way. gruesome. But, you know, I, it's, it's going to be interesting moving forward because they got to figure that out. Uh, you're probably right. It probably is. It probably makes sense to maybe split the difference. But, I mean, you know, it's got to be really hard for Stoops to want to take either of those guys. I mean, yeah, Cash Daniel's such an emotional leader, leader and a big hitter. Uh, you know, Jordan Jones 
we've talked about this a couple times. Two years ago, he's like hands down the best player on the defense. And now, you know, there's so many other playmakers that he gets a little bit overshadowed. He's maybe been as good as he's ever been. They haven't needed him to make as many tackles and plays because other guys are doing their job. And also, he kept himself totally under control. Uh, and now he's going out there, you know, showing some real toughness, playing with this cast on his hand. It's got to be very difficult for Mark Stoops to want, or, you know, to, to seriously entertain pulling either of those guys off the field um, for what they've done already. Yep. But, you know, you've got to be able to grab somebody. You do have to be able to, to use, use your hand. All right, uh, and that'll kind of fade us into our next topic a little bit because I think that was partially the reason why Darius West got ejected. I be- was it Jordan Jones or Cash Daniel? One of the two kind of had the the back wrapped up, and that's when, Jordan Jones. Yeah, yeah he had the guy and so up and, and so and so we'll get into that in a second, but um, and then we'll do more basketball. First, I got to tell you guys about Skyline Chili. Um, the holiday season is here, and that means getting together with family and friends at Skyline. There's something about Skyline Chili that makes you feel good. Their secret recipe chili on a pair of cheese conies or a three-way with freshly grated Skyline cheese is the perfect combination of flavors. But it's more than just an incredible food. It's a community gathering place. told you guys before, sometimes when I go up and visit my parents, we always stop off at the Skyline, specifically the one right there off the Dry Ridge exit and here in Lexington now, off the Richmond Road, and I always end up running into somebody I know. That's what makes Skyline so special. Good food, great service, good people. They greet you at the door and set you up with a bowl of oyster crackers when you take when you give them their your order. I'm getting hungry just talking about it. It's feeling like a good day for a trip to the Lexington skyline over on Richmond Road across from the Krispy Kreme. Maybe I'll see you there. Feeling good. It's skyline time. Also want to let you guys know about Vivid Seats. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert show or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, right now Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. I heard some tales of some forged tickets at the Georgia-Kentucky game. That's not a problem with Vivid Seats because, as I just said, 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. So, pretty simple here, Kyle. Did you have a problem with the Darius West ejection? Uh, you know, by the letter of the law, no. I mean, it was helmet to helmet. So, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, what can you do about it? Yeah. I did find it weirdly, and comical is not the right word when you're talking about helmet to helmet stuff, but the review was just odd. It's like, all right, this is under review. And I wish I had a clock on it because I felt like it was under 30 seconds. I don't know what the it heck was it. Yeah instantaneous i don't know if the office you know like i i don't know how that was yeah that was weird uh that was kind I mean, of i i guess I, I guess maybe just because it was it was a to me it was a pretty clear yeah i don't think there was any malice there but it was just pretty clear what? that that he made contact he led with his head and made contact with his helmet and yeah, that's that's that's, uh, that's all she wrote that's that's probably it but it was still by far the quickest review i'd ever ever seen or you know been in that stadium for 
was just kind of odd overall, but it hurts going forward because you lose Darius West for the Tennessee game, which you know will be a big matchup. Tennessee's trying to get back on track. Kyle, you've been tweeting out some of the stats that they've had. We'll get into Tennessee a little bit more later on this week, um, but that's a big game because it would get Kentucky to their eighth win or the eighth regular season win for the first time since 1984. So it's a huge game for Kentucky, and obviously Tennessee doesn't want to lose that game because they haven't lost to Kentucky at home since who knows when. I think it was 84 as well, right? You had that stat. Correct. Yeah, so we want to get 84 out of the mind. Um, Then the second ejection of the game, which was crazy that Kentucky had two ejections. This was something that Kentucky fans had been talking about a lot over the offseason was contact with an official. Benny Snell was ejected from the Northwestern game. This time it was Bunchy Stallings. I thought this was kind of lame. Yeah, I mean, best I could tell, that was not necessary to eject him. Um, maybe there was more that I couldn't really see, but from what I was able to see, it didn't, it didn't to me look like it was a, a, an ejectable offense. You know, Mark Stoops didn't want to, like, I don't think wanted to go there in terms of criticizing the ejection or the officials, but he said he knows Bungie's heart and that, you know, there was no, um, you know, there was nothing, yeah, you know, animosity intended there. He wasn't trying to, uh, to do anything disrespectful and that he was pretty confident of that. So, yeah, uh, the, the replay and that's the, the thing about the replay and it's that high vantage point. And it was weird because right when the contact was made from Bunchy to the official, the camera was shifting. So it, even the film we have, it isn't great, but it just didn't seem like enough because the official seemed to initiate the contact when he was walking past Stallings. As you mentioned, Kyle, there could have been something else, specifically maybe something said that could have you know, made that happen. But, you know, it's just odd that the official, when they initiate contact, and I've seen some people say uh, an official should never touch a player, and you could be of that mind, but I think there are certain situations, you know, where you're trying to break something up or get a couple guys separated where maybe it is okay to do that. But when you initiate contact, I don't know why you would like have to throw a guy out if he contacts you back. It just doesn't doesn't seem right. Yeah, but that's kind of the way officials operate. It's a uh, you know, it's um, officials are soft. <laughs> well, it's just um, un you know, in a way, unchecked power. You know, I mean, how often have we seen just odd things and basically unapologetic mistakes? Yeah. I mean, the Pac-12 had a mess of messes with their officials and you know mike leach you know sending scathing commentary to league officials about how he thinks it's you know rigged essentially i mean he Um, basically said that yeah yeah um you know we know mitch barnhart has sent a strongly worded letter (laughs) to the commissioner of the pac-12 as well about the benny snell ejection that was a pac-12 official um you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but it does feel like, you know, look at Teddy Valentine in basketball, who now has essentially been kind of pushed out. Um, people got sick of it, you know, just making it about themselves. Yep. Uh, that's the that's the thing that that's the thing. Getting that's on the a worst. power trip, you know. Yeah, making it about yourself and making yourself the show is not what officials are there to do. All right, coming up next. Everyone has been anticipating this since you and I came up with this idea about 
an hour and a half ago, Kyle. It is the Duke-Kentucky player draft as we head in to the first game of the college basketball season. But first, I want to let you guys know about Sling TV. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. I was telling you about producing the pregame show for UK Network. And what was I doing while I, after I set up and was killing some time? I had my Sling TV open on my app, and I was watching some football. Are you sick of paying for 20 channels you never watch? Well, here's what you do. You get Sling TV. It's the best way to watch college football. 30 bucks a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and a bunch more. Stream on your big screen or all your favorite devices, like I just said, my phone. Sling TV gives you the live TV you want, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees. You can cancel anytime. Right now, Locked On listeners can get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. It's a free trial. You got nothing to lose, so go check out Sling TV. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, Kyle, let's do this. UK Before we play- do our draft, check your text messages. Yeah, I know. That's why my read was so messed up, because I kept getting notifications. <laughs> Do you see what I sent you? Did you just send me a picture of Emmanuel quickly as a baby and then as a toddler <laughs> with his mom? Yes, yes. So that's just a little teaser. Uh, I have another letter from homecoming with Emmanuel quickly before the Duke game. Uh, I don't know if it'll come out Monday as people are listening to this or Tuesday morning, but uh, I, I probably have said this every time. Maybe the best one yet. His mom is fantastic, and. She was by far the most helpful. I probably have a hundred pictures of Emmanuel quickly now, and um, all kinds of great stuff. She's awesome, so I'm looking forward to sharing that with people. And and you'll you know people who are prone to say awe at baby pictures will say awe when they see some of these pictures of Emmanuel quickly. Aww. and his mama. Aw. All right, let's do this draft. Let's just make it five players, and let's set the parameters as best player in the game on Tuesday night. Does that sound fair to you? Yes. Okay. Not. I was going to say, not pro. Not how good a pro they'll be. Mm-hmm. Like, who you want to play in the first game of the college basketball season. Do you want to go first or second? Uh, doesn't matter. You can go first if you want. Are we doing snake draft or regular draft? We'll just alternate. Okay, perfect. I'll go first then. I'll take R.J. Barrett. Yeah, I mean, you know, there, there are some questions... I think that I have and other people have about, you know, the kind how of good t- is, of a teammate is he. Yeah. But, it does, but, but is he the best player? Is he the best amateur player in the world? Yes. Yes. Probably going to be the number one pick. I think you can not pass on that, dude. Uh, so I get number two. Uh, I'm going to take this. This is like the question I think. Did we talk about this? Would you rather have, uh, or maybe somebody asked this in a mailbag, would you rather have had a freshman uh, Zion. Zion Williamson or mm-hmm. sophomore P.J.? Washington. Yes. Uh, that's the question I'm facing right now. Um, or, you know, or Reed Travis. Um, I'm going to take experience here. I'm going to take, I'm going to take Reed Travis. Wow. Go Okay. You, you, you were all talking up about you were between PJ and Zion and then you go read on me. So, I agree with the pick. I think I would have taken him second as well, just specifically what he'd kind of shown in the past couple exhibitions. Obviously, those aren't that big of a deal, but it showed that he's comfortable in the Kentucky jersey with Kentucky teammates. There's only one proven college player, you know, well, there's two, PJ, but I mean, like, really, really, like, 
hey, I'm an all-conference, power five conference player. That's him, and he's done it twice. And uh, In a game that's going to feature very little experience, I'll take the senior. I will take, I'm next, and I will take P.J. Washington since you took Reed Travis. I'll get, a little, I'll get a little experience on my squad, and I think he is going to just, he's going to be a dominant force in this game, specifically with Duke well, kind of having some smaller guys at the forward position. Well, I feel wonderful about passing on Zion at two and letting him fall to me at four. Uh, and I bet no one listening to this thought Zion Williamson would go fourth in our draft, but I, I love it. So I'll, I've, got, I've got Zion. And uh, and Reed, I got some uh, I got some some power and some explosiveness. I will go with Cameron Reddish next. His biggest issue, from everything I've read about him and what I saw at the Nike Hoop Summit, was people were questioning his motor a little bit, but all his tools and his athletic ability and just abilities, you know, his height and those kind of things. He's just a special talent, and I'm not going to pass on him. I think he's that good, and he could have a big game. Everybody's talking about a lot of other guys, but it would not surprise me if Cam Reddish kind of went off to a certain extent in this game because he has the capability. He has the he has one of the smoothest jump shots I've seen from a guy in this class, and he's just so big that it'll be tough to guard. I'll take Emmanuel quickly because I need a point guard. Uh I think Trey Jones might be your better offensive option, but as a as an overall well-rounded point guard, um, starting their first college game, they're both going to be both McDonald's All-Americans starting their first college game. I will take Emmanuel quickly because it, it says something to me that you know quickly's got lots of other competition at that uh, position. He's got another really really good freshman in Ashton Hagen trying to beat him out, and he's won that job so far. So I'll take uh, I'll take quickly. Well, then I will take the other point guard. I'll take Trey, freshman point guard. I'll take Trey Jones. I think he he's a super talent, and he's going to have to distribute on the Duke team. He did from those these box scores I've been looking at that Duke had earlier in their exhibition season. So I'll take Trey Jones as my point guard on my squad. Because I took uh, Zion, uh, and I've got Reed. Uh, and I need some shooting. Um, I think if I hadn't taken Zion, I'd be taking Keldon Johnson here. But I, I want, I want to make sure I got somebody that can fill it up. And so I'm, I'm going to take a guy that probably will not start this game, uh, Tyler Hero. All right, that's your boy. And well, then I'll take Keldon Johnson to round out my squad. I think he can do it all, and he'll be able to play a wing. I'll have to play either Cameron Reddish or Keldon Johnson at the four, but that doesn't bother me too much. And I will take, well, let's see. We've, we're down to, I, I assume uh, Javin Delorier is going to take that starting job at the five well, for Duke over. Well, Bolden started the, Bolden. Bolden started the two exhibition games. but Oh, he did? Okay. I mean, that's what I'm seeing on their box scores, the way I'm reading them. I don't know if we should read much into uh, well, that. I've clearly done my homework there. Um, yeah, I mean, of those two, do I like either of them better than Nick Richards? Probably not. And again, a game where there's going to be a bunch of young guys. Let me get some more experience. I'll I'll take. Uh, yeah, I'll take. There you go, Nick Richards. Okay, so my squad is R.J. Barrett, P.J. Washington, Cam Reddish, Trey Jones, Keldon Johnson. Kyle's team is Reed Travis, Zion Williamson, Emmanuel Quickly, Tyler Hero, and Nick Richards. 
Uh, we are going to wrap this one up right now. I'm going to put a poll on the Locked On feed. You can go and vote whose team is better, and we will have a little bit further discussion as we preview the game on the next edition of the podcast. We'll also have um, talk to Mark Stoops for his Monday press conference on the next edition of the podcast. So it'll be a preview of Duke, Kentucky, and then we'll share with you what Mark Stoops had to say as they prepare for Tennessee and try to get over that Georgia loss. Um, until then... Stay locked on social media by following at Locked on UK. That's where you can find that poll. You can follow me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. And I'm at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Sure to be checking out Kyle's work on The Athletic. Um, Thanks so much for listening. If you would, please rate, review, subscribe, and the most importantly, share. The numbers have been great. Um since the start of this podcast and they've been growing, but I'm not going to lie. There's Kyle, there's been a slight stop in the incline. We were like on a roller coaster, like going way fast up and it's kind of, I wouldn't say plateaued. We're still growing as a podcast and thanks again, but we want to keep on going up. So share with somebody else who would like the podcast and also share the poll because I bet they'll, we'll get some discussion from who we drafted in the Duke Kentucky game. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.